Hello everyone and thank you for joining me on the Let's Be Real podcast. My name is Kyan and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by my two fellow Movie Games members, James and Nan. What's happening boys? Nothing, just sitting here, ready to do this podcast mate. You are sitting here. I am sitting <laughs> and here. And you are ready. And I am ready. You are. I'm doing good man, I'm still relishing in uh, yesterday's <laughs> slap. I'm still uh, enjoying the memes, uh, enjoying the discourse on it as Still stunning me, so it is. I'm ready yeah. to talk I, I about it. I'm surprised that I haven't seen like a single like how much mother slap bit meme from that incident. <laughs> <laughs> so on the Let's Be Real podcast, we cover the big news in the entertainment industry from movies, streaming, and a ton more. On today's episode, we'll be covering a whole bunch of stuff. First of all, there'll be the deleted scene from the Batman film, Netflix's Avatar: The Last Airbender getting a budget reveal. Tom Cruise blocking Paramount from making a Mission Impossible TV series. The upcoming Marilyn Monroe film set to have an NC-17 rating, one of the highest. The announcement of the Monsterverse film. And more details on Will Smith and the Chris Rock debacle. We can't miss that because <laughs> we got to talk about it. I still, yeah. I've still got it in my system. Even though we, we talked yeah. about the the whole Oscars thing yesterday. Mm. I feel like we just need to go into this even more. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, spoilers ahead to those of you who have not seen The Batman. Go and watch it. Um, it's it's a great film. but Definitely um <laughs> stop standing for that all right all right so you've been warned yeah spoilers ahead um warner brothers has released a deleted scene of barry keoghan's keown keown okay <laughs> i had barry keoghan i had that, that pronunciation i had in my head and i i buggered it up again um barry keown yeah. it's barry keown um there's a joke a joker reveal for him uh, uh, being um, interrogated by the Batman. So in this sort of se- scene here, the sequence we see, um, I suppose Batman coming in and asking asking him for his perspective mm, on yeah. the Riddler, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Joker responding. So my question is: hard truth and be honest. Please <laughs> do not lie. Oh. What is your <laughs> opinion? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. On on. Barry Keown's Joker. I'm still getting over your joke there. <laughs> All right. Whew. Thanks, Khan. I thought it looked great. He he was like a mix of Heath Ledger and like the Joker from the Arkham games and sort of the portrayal that he did. Mm-hmm. It was like that, you know, the sadistic side of Heath Ledger and then their like absolute bonkers side that Mark Hamill did in the Arkham series. And I think it's going to look good. Um, his physical look is scary. It actually looks like as if he fell into a tub of uh, chemicals mm-hmm. and has been scarred from that. You can see that from his hands and his face. His face yeah. is all warped. And that's yeah. why he has that like little smile. His teeth's like crooked. Mm. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, personally, in terms of uh, what I want from the Batman series, I wouldn't really want another Joker. Mm. I more want like Matt Reese to explore other villains. Yeah, I think we're all a bit jokered out, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Um, but in saying that, I wouldn't mind if, like, he pops up for this cameo, like, maybe not a deleted scene, but, like, an actual cameo where, like, Batman goes to him or, like, a villain goes to him or some, something like that. Mm. I think that'd be good. Yeah. In terms of its scene itself, I liked it. It was mm. good. Like, you could see the tension 
on Batman's part and like his distaste for that version of Joker. And you can see that in like, in terms of what he was saying, like Joker was just like trying to have fun. He was like, tell me what the fuck I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of where I think it could be placed in the film, I can't really think of a place where that would fit naturally in mm. terms of the storyline. Yeah. So it's probably mm. a good thing that it is a deleted scene and something mm. like that. Yeah. On that, James, you know, you know, before you answer sort of your feelings on it all, the, the whole concept of this being a deleted scene, mm. you know, like, what, what is this? Is this, was this all Warner Brothers idea? Were they, were they demanding to Matt Reeves? Do you feel they're demanding to Matt Reeves? Oh, you have to put Joker in here because it brings the crowds in, you know, it gets people interested. And then Matt Reeves just goes, no, 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 it doesn't work. It doesn't work. They film the scene. Yeah. He deletes the scene, but he he has to contractually leave one Joker thing in, yeah. and they leave it right at the end. Do you, do you think that this cameo should have even happened? And and what does this deleted scene sort of tell you in the sort of grand scope of Matt Reeves' Batman? Um, ooh, that's a that's a tough one. You give him the easy question. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, and then how do you like, feel, bro? <laughs> and then you get like yeah, a freaking yeah, psychological yeah. one. Yeah. Just like kind gets like a oh James gets like a completely different question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just um, thought of it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind no, of no, no. Um, but I'll say um, it really depends on uh, you know, with the direction they're gonna they're gonna go. I don't know if um, if it should be in this um, should have been in this movie the cameo itself or if the scene should have. Um, as for the deleted scene itself, I'm glad it didn't make it into the final cut because mm. as Nan was saying, it doesn't really fit in the movie. It kind of makes um, Batman's, you know, uh, purpose of being, um, you know, the more detective style kind of makes that point a little bit more redundant because yeah, yeah. he's going for help from a, you know, psychopath. Criminal, yeah. yeah. Um, as for, you know, Barry Keown's... Uh, portrayal of the joker i'm really really intrigued to see what he can bring to the role mm-hmm. he looks a little bit he looks way too uh you know deformed and messed up a, a little bit you too much you I'm, don't like that no yeah mm. it's it's a little bit too much it's like kind of what they did with um 2016 jared leto's uh joker where he's it, they go a little bit too far they go on the edgy yeah. side. Like it's just too white, tattooed up and gross. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I want to see the, him falling into, or like, I want to see like the version where he fell into, you know, the vat of chemicals and all that kind of stuff. But like, just dial it back a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But he's going to bring something special to the role, I feel. At least um, I've seen quite a bit of his work um, from all the popular stuff to the stuff that, you know, not many people have seen. And He's got he's got major talent. I think he can bring a lot to the role. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how he operates within this Batman universe and sort of what um, I want from and Matt Reeves as a universe that he's building here is I want to be sort of the, the Thanos figure in a way for okay. the Batman thing. Oh. So pop up in every movie cameo, start forming connections with these other villains that are getting development, mm-hmm. and then he sort of like brings them all together. And then, uh, yeah, and he's that's like, a really, that's a so good like, perspective. Sort mm. of like an Injustice League and stuff like that, I guess. Because, uh, I yeah. mean, if you want, if you want, going off your point on what you just said, like, mm. we know that there's a lot of TV series in the plant, like, in the works for this. You've got the Arkham series and Penguin. Yeah. You could just see him pop up, like, maybe final minute or something off at the end of each episode, recruiting Penguin. Exactly. And- the asylum yep. escapees making friends stuff. yeah yeah and we could see yeah. that in yeah. like a third movie or fourth if matt reese wants to exactly and, I, and i've told you guys before what i want in a movie of a batman is just 
at the start of the movie, Batman enters Arkham Asylum. Everyone's gone rogue. The all the goons, all the villains' goons are free. All the mass villains are free, and they run the they run the prison. It's he goes Arkham in there. Asylum, bro. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it, it's, it's similar to the game, but it's yeah. um not not like the game in terms of you know sneaking around and stuff. I want it like yeah. the raid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just you That'll know, be insane. yeah, just yeah. the whole time, just you know, the, that martial arts film, the raid. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I want it like that. He's just stuck in there, and he has to like go through everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that'd be really exciting. He'll definitely need like an ice bath after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my feelings on this. I guess I, I was kind of surprised because when I saw you know that end scene in the batman where you know he's sort of you, you don't really get a good look at him you you only kind of get it through like a peephole i guess yeah. yeah um and to me he kind of just looked like overdone mm. when, when i saw it in there yeah in, in the film itself right at the end but when i saw the deleted scene they showed a lot more of his face and i was like oh okay um i can i can kind of see most of his face here mm. even though it's very blurry at times yeah um and when they go really close up i was like oh that's disgusting mm. like and, and disgusting and gross are the words that i would describe this joker yeah he's he, he can barely speak like i could barely understand what he was saying mm. um because he was sort of like lazily letting out words like yeah. very slowly like this yeah it's a bit and then tough. his face is so disfigured and his teeth are so sort of rotten mm. that i don't for some reason it just i really liked it i liked that approach i mm. was like okay a joker that looks like they he reeks like that mm. he's disgusting yeah that he's not it's not funny it's not quirky it's yeah not kooky it's not any of the things that people see the joker as i mean you just look at joaquin phoenix's joker yeah it's a it's a very emotional film but mm. look at the memes people people laugh at it yeah in, in many ways they're like oh it's 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 kind of funny mm. you know but i don't feel you can really laugh at this rendition because it's so gross yeah it's kind of off-putting and and in a good way for me mm. i feel it's a good way and i feel like this is the probably the best way forward for matt reeves batman is that he makes a version of these characters that you're not expecting Mm. that you're not you you can't associate with in a standard way yeah um and i really love your idea about um you know him being kind of in the background he's not a orchestrator an orchestrator exactly he's an orchestrator i think that's perfect Mm. yeah puppet master of sorts um and you know i spoke kind of briefly um with someone about you know what direction matt reeves should be in and that and it should be all the characters should be an unexpected scummy dirty version of what you've imagined Mm. you know if if they do bane yeah he should be a steroid addict he should be someone who has a drug addiction problem. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like a scummier, kind of more depressing rendition of it. Mm. It's not clean. It's not. It's yeah. not you know superhero-y. It's or villainy. It's just kind of like disturbing, which is exactly what the Riddler is. Yeah. He doesn't feel like a. He kind of just feels like some disturbed individual, in the mm. movie. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he feels totally real and gritty and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But like you you were sorry, uh you were just talking about um, you know, like those very faint images, close ups that we got of him. Mm-hmm. And you know, you saw the back of his head, like little patches of hair. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. gonna make a hair loss joke, but you know, I didn't want to get slapped. <laughs> so. Oh god. <laughs> the joke is name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> it was just a joke. <laughs> Uh, all right on to the next subject of the day we are on to netflix's avatar the last airbender its budget has been released at a whopping 15 million dollars per episode you know i say whopping but is that really that high anymore you know no you have what is it 180 to 200 million dollars for a a typical marvel tv series now Mm -hmm. yeah that's the cost of a almost the cost of a blockbuster film yeah um and then Okay, so the the total of this is $120 million, which, you know, okay, impressive, sure. Um, my question is, do you think this budget is big enough? And what are your feelings on multi-million dollar TV series that are becoming so common? Uh, well, I looked it up before this podcast and I mm-hmm. saw that the last Bender film, that, that budget was $150 million. And that turned out to be a piece of shit. And this <laughs> and this one is thirty million less from what you're saying. It's, yeah. It's hundred and twenty million from what you just said. So it's I'm not sure where they're gonna put that hundred and twenty million. Because I feel in the first one not first one, sorry, in the film, they put most of their money into the visual effects and that was garbage. So mm. personally I would have liked a bigger budget because like the whole airbending the fire bending, water bending, and earth bending that requires a big budget, especially for live action, to capture the effects off the yeah. bending itself. It's extremely yeah. hard to do as well. Yeah, and, yeah. and then don't don't forget there's stuff like dragons and like random creatures and stuff in in the series as well that they need to apply their budget towards mm. as well. Yeah, I mean just upper alone the, the yeah. flying bison. You know, I could imagine they're taking up like all of your all of your budget if you were just like a fantasy show and you had a giant CGI creature that you rode around on yeah i could imagine that just taking all of your budget immediately yeah. to make it look good and look consistent mm, throughout yeah. all eight episodes that the series will be yeah what are your thoughts james um i'm not too bothered by it i mean my faith in the entire project is kind of it's it's not great i'm holding on to you know i guess maybe there's some false hope there just because i really want it to be good but you know the creators left i think that's a the first sign of trouble kind of thing yeah um but you, you guys have to remember that you know budget includes um you know actors paychecks yeah and you know the last image of the film had you know pretty significant people you know in like Shyamalan, uh dip Patel. there are other yeah. people in it um that would require you know bigger paychecks than the unknown actors in this one so you you probably get like around the same kind of money dedicated to you know building the world and visual effects and all that kind of stuff um, it really depends also on the, the pacing of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a lot more intimate moments where the CGI doesn't have to be around at all. Yeah. They, they can just sort of be in, uh, you know, in the forest and, and like around a campfire or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it could be like um, a slow paced, um, slow build up of these characters. And we could get like, you know, a good five seasons where, where the story builds up. Um, but yeah, if the budget wants to go any higher i think netflix just needs some sort of security that this is going to be a sustainable project for the future and i think um 
the budget reveal is not a concern just yet. Yeah. We need to wait and see for more information, but um yeah, there there is there is I think there's a little bit of justification to be a little bit concerned about this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel we'll all have like a solid thought some if this is going to be good or if it's going to be like Lassie Mender once that trailer hits. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer give you a good indication. Yeah, yeah. cuz we're going to see what it feels like yeah. and somewhat on like the story direction. Yeah, I mean I I, f- I feel like this project's been around forever now. Like when, do we have a release date or a Gosh. an area of re- this year at I least? I feel like casting has just like been completed, you know, like it that's yeah. what it feels like yeah. we're at where it's like, oh yeah, uh, we've selected the cast. So it'll probably be next year, eh? Yeah. And, and don't don't forget Avatar Studios is doing their own thing as well and that's I'm pretty sure that's where the actual creators the Nickelodeon to. side of Yeah, they're doing yeah. An actual yeah. Hand drawn um yeah. movie or series from what i understand mm. oh i thought it was live action um no it's not live action so there is mm. one animated which is 3d animation which is done by nickelodeon themselves and i believe that there is a hand-drawn version that is done by the original creators as well right, right. yeah but to be honest you know the the density of the last airbender world is crazy you know like it's it is often compared the, the the density and lore of its world to stuff like Game of Thrones, where it's like there is a lot to unpack in terms of the cultures yeah. and stuff like that that you're Ford dealing with. Cultures, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The cultures, the characters, and the amount of s- side plot storylines that these characters go on. Yeah. I feel like you could probably make three seasons from. And if you guys don't know that the, the original animated series is three books. Which is three seasons, yeah. but each one book one is air, book two mm. is water, and book three is fire. Yeah, I feel like you can make three seasons just on air. Oh, sorry, water. Book one. Um, book one. Yeah, yeah. And, and then book two you could do three seasons, and book uh three you could do three seasons. But they'd okay. rush. They'd rush. They last would rush two. it. Yeah. The last <laughs> Don't remind me. Yeah, they'd rush past it just like Game of Thrones. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. They should actually take their time with this. Um. And it can be like a Game of Thrones thing where they build up their budget as they get more popularity. Okay, but yeah. sorry. Um, there is one reason, not one reason, but there is a reason why they're touting this budget at the moment. You guys might not realize. And that it's that reportedly Netflix has built their own in-house custom virtual production volume. Now, this, these words are yeah. kind of muddled, but you mean? guys already know what this is. This is exactly the tech that drives the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Mm. This is those 3D LED, LED screen. screens yeah. that oh. are coating around you. So Netflix mm. have, have built their own version of this, yeah. and they're saying, oh, that's why it's so expensive. Mm. Um, even though like, I think we could probably all agree it's, it's not that expensive. Um, compared to something like Marvel, but it yeah. was as you said before, James. You know, you have these actors, these high class. You got Jeremy Renner for Hawkeye to pay. You got Haley Steinfeld. Exactly. You've got, yeah. um, you know, it's so many of these high class actors to pay, mm. and that's probably like twenty or thirty million, just possibly even more. Yeah, and you're probably looking at bigger crews and stuff as well. Bigger crews, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot more like. Yeah, I mean, like you make your point. I mean, it, the Batman incorporated the that kind of the Mandalorian LED screen technology as well in a lot of its yeah. scenes. Yeah. Um, and you know that movie um, was you know budgeted for a hundred million. It was only extended to two hundred based on COVID delays. That's yeah. the only reason. So, yeah. 
100 million yeah. is insane for the quality that we got and yeah. the, the length of that film as well. So I think that technology saves a lot of money while not sacrificing much production value as well. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah. you, you know, this technology incorporation in this TV series actually could be, could provide un- an unexpected level of visual fidelity Yeah. that, you know, maybe we're underestimating. Mm. So, you yeah. know, who knows? Who knows? Have to mm. see. Wait for that trailer. Yeah. All right, on the next subject of the day, Tom Cruise has reportedly blocked Paramount from creating a Mission Impossible TV TV series for reasons reportedly pertaining to how its box office is affected, the brand recognition in relation to Cruise himself, so how basically how he's related to the IP, mm. and most importantly, the reliance that these films have on the cinematic experience that you're feeling. Yeah. My question is sort of well. My question is, how are you feeling? Like, what, what do you what do you think about this decision by Cruz to block this? Um, well, it shows he has a lot of power, um, especially mm. with this IP. Um, completely get the reasons for it. You know, Mission Impossible is not Mission Impossible without Ethan Hunt, and it is about the cinematic. At least now, it's turned into a, a cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they put in. Um, a hefty hefty production value to get these real practical stunts stuff we don't see ever yeah and you get tom cruise you know putting hours of dedication to just performing one stunt you know he put in um like hours and hours to you know halo jump from a from a plane mm. just for mm. just for a scene and, and and they film and they shoot that it's about the cinematic experience and um i i have complete respect for tom cruise uh for protecting the ip that it has been like, I guess, shepherd his career. I think I think that's the main catalyst of the Tom Cruise career yeah. is yeah. the Mission Impossible series. It's him. Um, so for him to protect that and protect the image of the IP, at least while he's in it, and at least while the series is still going, mm-hmm. I think I think he's absolutely in his own right to be like, nope, nope, not now. Just yeah. let's let's do these movies, and then and then we'll see. I think once that Ethan Hunt storyline's done. Yeah. I, I think then Paramount's like, okay, well, we respected your wishes. Um, you know, we put everything into the movies and, you know... We've given you what you want. Exactly, and, you know, yeah. you know, t- You know, like, r- Tom Cruise is sort of... He's getting to that age now where yeah, those stunts yeah. are becoming much harder for him anyway. So he's going to go to space. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't... I mean, in space, yeah. there's no gravity and gravity is your biggest enemy as a stuntman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you make a point there. But, I mean, like... Who wants a Mission Impossible TV series? <laughs> like, Mission Impossible is not Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise. I, it's like, no one would want to watch a TV series based on Mission Impossible because it's just like, it's just another spy, you know, movie, TV yeah. series, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know this was news until you just said it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see anything about this at all. And I guess it's a good thing from Tom Cruise's point. Pretty much exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, like, most now most franchises nowadays they're they're double downing on this like spin-off tv shows we see it with um marvel with you know moon knight and shit like that and we're gonna see it with dc we're gonna see it with many others like mm. it's nice to see that tom cruise is fighting for this he's like no mission impossibles belongs in a cinema because yeah. that's how it should mm. be appreciated yeah so it's nice to see that he wants to like doesn't want the franchise to be diluted so to speak with all these little spin-off tv yeah. series you know that's true 
That being said, I don't know if you guys know this, but Mission Impossible began as a TV series. So it aired on CBS in 1966 to 1973. Was he a baby? It was about, yeah, he was probably a baby. I don't know if he was doing stunts back then, but. (laughs) Um, And then it was revived in 1988 and it aired for another two seasons and until I believe the 1990s. So it began as a TV series. It lay, in fact, its its beginnings were then. Mm. But I, I actually agree with you here, James. I think that the paradigm has changed for Mission Impossible. The image has changed. It's about that big scope. Mm. And I actually think that, you know, what you said before is completely true. Um, let Tom Cruise finish the Ethan Hunt saga mm. and then if paramount if you have something good up your sleeve if you think you have a really great idea and a great you know um narrative storyline to go with mm. then create that at a later date after cruise is done with it yeah let cruise do his thing because you know he's creating a lot of success for you here exactly and you know we're in a cinema landscape now where like these types of movies where they put so much effort into the practicality of it it's so rare and uh like it's just you lose these types of movies and it's you're gonna really feel it yeah you know so it would be really sad to see it just be like diluted down mm. as just I, a, to be honest with you tv Lee, spin-off series yeah. yeah and the and i think the only reason any of us here go to the mission impossible films is to be wowed by one tom cruise's insane stunts mm. and two it's crazy big scope and ambition yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely and if it dilutes itself down to this small scale tv series about spies again hmm. you know you're not bringing the energy that made the film so great to the small screen yeah i mean like yeah we're in a time and i'm saying like they're making tv spin-off series about everything these days yes i won't i won't watch this if it becomes a tv series because there's too much content for one and i just really have no interest in it without tom cruise and the whole cinematic experience of these movies now yeah you're totally right there's too much content to keep up with absolutely all right on to the next subject the upcoming marilyn monroe film called blonde is set to have an nc-17 rating yet according to sources is potentially being downgraded by netflix to just a simple r rating what are your thoughts on the possible possible decision by netflix to downgrade this so when you say NC-17 in New Zealand terms, is that R18, R20? Mm-hmm. Yeah, R18. Mm, interesting. I don't know. I, don't, I know I don't know that much about Marilyn Monroe, but from the stuff I've read, she has been that sort of, you know, raunchy sort of person, you know. In real life, yeah, she yeah. was a, I mean, with, um, you know, JFK. And, yeah. 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 So if they're going to make this R18, then obviously it's going to fit perfect with the actual person, if this is going to be a biopic about herself. So, I mean, I've, I've heard people say it's not strictly a biopic. In fact, it's, it's a more, a more of a sort of loose telling of certain elements of right. who she was as a person. So I think what mm. this is, is probably a sort of fabricated version of who she is turned into a story. Right. Yeah. Hmm. This will be interesting. I, I'd like to see the full R-rated and see the full director's vision in this and what he has planned for the series. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get Netflix is wanting to downgrade, especially with, uh, you know, Anna Dear Mars. Yeah. You know, she's an up-and-coming actress who can hit that sort of, you know, A-class kind of era. And well, She's already up. Time. I mean, I feel like she's 
What, well, she, I mean, she's not A tier. Yeah. She's not A tier. Yeah, no, you're right. I, yeah. th- I think she's heading in that direction at least. And you know, if you show a NC seventeen movie, it might not look good. It might. It might not be the best for the career trajectory. I guess. Um. So I can see it in that kind of in that kind of light. Um. But I also see it in light of you know limiting audiences itself. Um. Yeah. NC seventeen can be put off to you know families and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, in New Zealand, uh, we have R18 and a lot. And, you know, the majority, I'd say about 90% of those um, R18 New Zealand movies, they are R-rated in the U- United States. NC-17 is extremely rare. It is the <laughs> highest US MPA rating. So, there's some stuff in this movie. Yeah. And I want to I, I I s- see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've seen Showgirls. Um, that was NC seventeen. <laughs> yeah, and is that like pretty? I don't know. I think Ted Lasso oh. says it best. Um, he says, uh, you know, he says, eventually the 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 boobs just fade away and you get sucked into the narrative. <laughs> and, and like, yes, there is a lot of topless woman in that film, but like, I I felt exactly that way. I just mm. got sucked into the narrative, and it didn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. And I feel like it got its NC seventeen rating i think there's 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 definitely a scene in there why it got it Mm. but um but i think largely it was like the quantity yeah of nude scenes in that film but you know this film i don't know you know i think i actually feel like nc-17 films are rarer now than they've ever been oh absolutely you know and and it's because the um the distillation of figuring out what is profitable has become so widespread Mm. you know they've looked at demographics they've figured out the numbers and they've seen nc-17 net will make you lose viewership well i'll tell you how rare an nc-17 movie is the highest grossing nc-17 movie is the last tango in paris anyone seen it I've, I've I've heard of it. I think I don't. It rings a bell, but I don't know what it, it is. It made thirty six million in the US. That's, That's the highest it made. When did it come out? Uh, Nineteen seventy three. But you know, we can go to Showgirls, the second highest grossing uh, NC seventeen movie, twenty million in nineteen ninety five. Two thousand seven movie, four million. They don't make money. No one sees them because they're just so. They're obviously extreme in that some being way. Said, so this the Netflix the Netflix formula is different, isn't it? You have mm. a rating system on your account where you select. You select this is for me, this is the rating system I choose, right? On your account. Oh, I think you get like kids or Yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's there's not a there's not a policeman standing there, you know, with a baton in his hand, right? No, next to they you. they order police to go around to the house and monitor netflix oh, activity sure. netflix is <laughs> up their game <laughs> no yeah but yeah anyone could access it yeah and yeah that might that might is that bad or is that is that like i don't know i'd say it's good if people that are under that age bracket wants to be like i mean it's good for people it. who want to snoop yeah no. but it's you know like but for... there's a reason for the rating and you you should respect the rating at the end of the day um I, th- I think it's bad. It's bad that Netflix has this. I, I think it's bad because you can't monitor it. There's no security parameters around it. And I think it's um, important to protect youth from these kind of things. It's it's not NC-17 for no reason. There's a reason why it's NC-17. And, you know, Netflix can't monitor it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. There yeah. has to be some sort of, you know, parameter for Netflix to install for this to justify its rating, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a hard thing because then there's there's the question of creative intent. You know, they they've written thing. they've created a story here that perhaps they're portraying Marilyn Monroe as the the woman they have found she was through mm. documentation, yeah. and they want to show a representation of her to the world. Because mm. uh, to be quite honest with you, Marilyn Monroe has she has a checkered history, yes, but she has quite a glamorous um reputation mm. the the classic um you know wind blowing up her her dress and her pop pushing it down yeah not from a vent you know and she's basically the face of the golden age of hollywood mm. you know th- that age where yeah. it's glamour yeah you know so perhaps this 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 film wanted to show a more mm. um you know a harder edge to her yeah i mean show aside that perhaps that but you know, how how hard do you need to go? But I've, I haven't seen an NC seventeen movie, and I've seen some pretty pretty heavy stuff in movies before. I've never seen NC seventeen. You know, I've seen, so it must be going to a level where I don't think it actually needs to go creative intent or not. But you know, I watched it. Essentially, might be porn at that point. And <laughs> would you yeah. say that's necessary? Um, to detail it like the, that. The, the thing is, I don't know what. It is the, what content it is, yeah. And, and and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the content was extremely raunchy because I mean, I know you say that you know Anna Diamant she's probably protecting reputation, mm. but that's the opposite view that I have. Is that I've seen her in a couple of things outside of the major stuff, and in those things, she was always she's always taking her top off or she's always going nude in those films. Mm. Um, and she actually has quite, she, she's not afraid to do that yeah. as an actress throughout a lot of films. So it, it makes saying, me, yeah. NC-17, it's a whole new territory. And it's because I've seen R-rated stuff and you, you see a lot of stuff in R-rated movies, man. Like, I just, I'm very curious about this. If it's NC-17, I don't, I don't mind what it is at the end of the day. And I always, am always going to root for the creative vision of the director at the end of the day. But uh yeah i'm gonna have to see what this is to really know or understand why it is into 17 yeah i it's um, i know i totally it's agree intriguing. it is intriguing yeah. yeah it's a complicated situation and you know i think we won't know until we see it mm. but whether we see the version that is intended or yeah. the version that is not as being reduced by netflix mm. you know that's yet to be determined well, when does it come out soon I don't come out soon if it's already rated. Yeah, that, mean, that means the movie's finished. That usually means the movie's finished because they, they have to. Seen... They have to send in the cut. Yeah, I think it was yeah. started shooting ages ago. I yeah. swear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, on to our next subject of the day. The next MonsterVerse film is set to be shot in Australia. Purportedly, it's another Godzilla versus Kong film. Guys, we've seen Mothra's. We've seen pterodactyls that breathe fire we've seen robot dinosaurs what could possibly top this nothing it doesn't need to be topped like these movies are what they are they are a new version of fast and furious (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's the only way i can put it you know there's there's no story or there's no really like 
you know, great uh, character work being done. You can't do great character work in these movies. I've thought about it a lot throughout these years of this monsterverse coming through. This, you can't do it. Like the focus has to be on the monsters. Otherwise, you're going to get people complaining like they did in the first Godzilla. Normally, like that because it was just you know all this. Well, yeah, all these characters. Yeah, they yeah. complained there wasn't enough Godzilla. In yeah, Godzilla, and then yeah. and then you put all like the monsters in it, and then people complain that it's oh, boring. It's, yeah, it's just you know monsters fighting. <laughs> that you you can't win with this. So just make it fun, make it big, make just make it purely for the entertainment spectacle of, of it all. That's what Fast and Furious does. They embrace the that kind of you know uh that that tone they, they don't care about stereo character and and it, and it works for them it works yeah, for them like yeah. you can't go into it and be like oh those are good movies but you can say you know they stick to what they want to do and they work in that way and if you go in expecting that you're gonna have a good time mm-hmm. and i think you know godzilla vs kong was perfectly fine yeah. yeah yeah i had fun with it and that's all these movies need to be um but for it to be another Godzilla vs. Kong movie, and un- un- unnecessary? Are you-, are you sure about just those two brawling again? Monkey versus lizard. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla won. And, you know, we used to have debates about how you're saying, like, Kong would win or could win. No. <laughs> no. And, and the movie even showed us this. It just... It doesn't work. So, yeah. Yeah, he is the Robin to Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> he is Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, point. I guess after the first Godzilla v Kong, it was sort of bound to happen, right? In terms of the box office success it had during that pandemic. It, well, yeah, it did. It yeah. did really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the f- the first one was a lot of fun, and it had like great moments between like the two giants going across. In terms of uh, it being a Godzilla v Kong two, did we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of Godzilla v Kong 1, we mm. saw them become friends, so what is yeah. going to cause them for the second bout in this championship round, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. Like, who knows? I mean, it could be a team-up, something like Batman v Superman minus the V. Minus the V. <laughs> or, Batman Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or it could just be like an indi- individual film. Has it like actually been confirmed that this is a Godzilla v Kong? I don't know. I it think it's it's been loosely it's it been just... loosely sort of inferred that it's one. But you know, I think probably the most indicative thing is that Adam Wingard came out and he said that the film is potentially covering more law surrounding Hollowworth and potentially Kong's history more and how hollow earth came to be and how the monsters came to be so i feel like you can't really have that and not have kong and godzilla in it mm. i feel like you're, you're kind of stuck with that yeah and he's expanded the lore of hollow earth more hmm. um so that's what that's one angle the one angle that i'm sort of surprised you guys haven't mentioned is that they filmed this in australia man why why are we not hearing anything about australians australia's most venomous creatures being the thing that Godzilla or Kong fight, a box jellyfish or a spider, a huntsman spider, <laughs> or Evandale, <laughs> or or something to that effect. Australia is full of terrifying cr- critters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you could make it almost a comedic that you know. Uh, Kong and Godzilla go to Australia and they're like, okay, nah, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> they just tap out there. Like, they see this, like, yeah. massive ass, like, 
bloody rattlesnake come up and be like, nah. A rattlesnake <laughs> in Australia? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, that would be... I mean, I don't take much from things being shot in Australia. I mean, you got stuff... Mad Max, Street Road was shot in Australia... And then you got Thor Ragnarok shot in Australia. Like it can, it can just be anything. I, re- I don't really. It doesn't really give me much. To oh take yeah, away from. yeah. But uh, if it's shot in live locations in Australia, then that will, uh, you know, pique my interest a little bit because yeah. I'll be like, hmm. If they make it Australian themed, yeah. then I'm like kind of all in because I'm like, actually, no, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you have a a a, a hole from Hollywood coming up through Australia, and that explains all the. The horrible creatures that already exist in Australia. Yeah, there's, there's just this mess-faz jacked kangaroo ready to fight. Like oh yeah, King Kong. Skippy oh. just just decks him. Skippy gives him a slap. <laughs> Skippy versus zero percent body fat on him. <laughs> All right, you know, speaking of slaps, you know, there are oh, more details. <laughs> Transition. Yeah, that was a good segue. Um, there are more details being released <laughs> regarding the Oscars debacle between Will Smith and Chris Rock. But before all that, let me guys ask you a question. Do you think there should be consequences for Will Smith's actions? If so, what should those consequences be? Absolutely, there should be consequences. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really trying to, um, you know, look at this from an angle that, you know, has sort of no, no side or any agenda, agenda or anything. It's just... You see what happened. You can't allow for this to happen because, you know, 50, over 50 million people watch this. Um, mm-hmm. Watch the Oscars, not just the thing. I'm sure I'm sure it's gone like over 100 million that have seen the actual confrontation between yeah. the two. It's, it's all over the internet. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't escape it right now. Everyone knows about this. So, you know, if you have any host, any presenter make a joke and someone gets offended... Mm-hmm. The, like you don't if you don't make any punishment you're just gonna say oh, okay this behavior is allowed so yeah. if, it, if it happens again don't be surprised yeah i think it sends a really bad message for um for hollywood and just you know society and in, in, in you know a different way just to be like yeah well, we're not going to put any consequences but we don't condone it kind of thing it's like you you can't get away with that there has to be something the question is what um and you know uh i've seen different ideas been floating around i absolutely um 100 percent against taking away the award it makes zero sense um Mm. yeah it would be silly to do that because roman polanski still has his awards harvey weinstein still has his awards yeah so if you're not going to take it off those guys i mean kevin spacey has his award if you're not going to take it off them and you can't take it off Will Smith who did something yeah. significant and less. Affleck. Yeah. Those ones are more accusations and not confirmed and done right. through an investigation through um, police and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the other three are absolutely... They, they have convictions behind them. Yeah. Um, or they're either in jail or fleeing, currently fleeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fleeing the yeah. United States. Well, um, not Kevin Spacey, you know. Not Kevin Spacey. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, but that, that's multiple accusations by multiple different people. Um, different story there. Uh, so you can't you can't take away the award. Um, a suspension of the academy membership is the route I'd go down. Mm-hmm. I think a three year suspension would suit him. Slap him with a fine as well. I guess slap him with a fine is that intentional. Yeah. F- that, that was actually not intentional until you like <laughs> the then. Yeah. So 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 three to five suspension from the academy is. I think the best way to do it because there's been five expulsions from Academy membership. Um, 
Kevin Spacey, I believe, is one of them. I know Harvey Weinstein. I know Romy Polanski are two of them. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think I think that's the best way to deal with it. Um, Chris Rock didn't press charges with LAPD, so you can't really do anything in terms of you know Legal. the law. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it just comes down to you know what can the academy really do about this? Yeah, yeah I mean, from what I understand, technically the police could press their own charges. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I yeah. think public perception is what will rule this, which is unfortunate because you know it's not it's, it it does not seem to be a situation that is ruled by you know justice. It's just ruled by whatever perception people have. Yeah. In this moment, but I mean, yeah, if, if Chris Rock advocates to the you know LAPD say hey no don't press charges just a little little scuffle we had no big yeah. deal yeah they're not gonna be like no you don't have a say in this we're gonna arrest him they're not gonna do that <laughs> like mm. yeah even if even if they wanted to like it would just be a, a really bad look to arrest him for that i think yeah, yeah. a little bit too much in my yeah. opinion i agree yeah. with you on saying that he shouldn't be stripped of the oscar because at the end of the day the oscars for best actor and before that he was one of the best actors mm, yeah we mm-hmm. discussed it yesterday and if if that didn't go back like if that event didn't happen then he'll still win the oscar if he did if he fully like hooked him he'll mm. still win the best actor oscar yeah you're only yeah. taking away the trophy at yeah. the end of the day by votes yeah. he still won he yeah. still won. and he can still think that and say that and there's that, that he won that, that he's the best yeah, yeah of the year the only thing he doesn't have is that trophy in his cabinet, you know? Exactly. Like, so it's pretty much meaningless at this point to strip him off that. It is, Considering yeah. what you said about all the other three people who's done way worse with actual convictions and mm. they still have their Oscars. Yeah. So I think the best thing is what you said, suspension from the Academy, from mm. the awards and stuff, yeah. and a hefty fine. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's a self-inflictment punishment here as well. He's tarnished his legacy as an actor. Yeah. yeah. And... This will be one of his most memorable moments of all time. Not not as Oscar. Yeah. Huh? His, yeah. his confrontation oh, on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was his first Oscar win, and I've not yeah. seen that in a single headline. The only yeah. headlines I've seen him in is his Chris Rock run. Exactly. No one's going to remember him winning Best Actor. They're going to remember what he did. What yeah. he did. And so I think that that's, his reputation's had, had a punishment in itself. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... It's unfortunate, and I completely agree with you too. I don't think actually stripping him from of, of his Oscar is the right path. You know, if they've done it, not done it for all these people, it's valueless to do it for him. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think that um, if they've given lifetime bans to people before, yeah, for um, expulsions, so. expulsions, yeah, he should get one too. Um, uh, I think no. It's a bit harsh for a slap, considering the people that had yeah. those expulsions are actually convicted. Yeah, someone I mean, who raped a thirteen-year-old is not even close to comparable. I'm not saying it's comparable Maybe between ten years? him and his and yeah. and Polanski or anything, mm. but I'm saying that um, the act of committing violence on stage is something that you can't condone. You can't condone it because mm. the moment you condone it, you say it's okay. But you, you've you said it's okay to have 15 million people, 100 million yeah. people who have seen the clip and yeah. you've seen there's no consequence, especially if you're someone who's a celebrity, who has power, who yeah. has money. 
And the, and at the end of the day, no matter what anyone says about this, this is about power. This mm. is about money. This is about influence. And someone who can walk up on stage in front of 15 million viewers mm. and assault someone and walk away and face no consequence. But I've proposed a consequence. Yeah, but a three-year like three expulsion is, is a blink for most actors well, it's and far less than what a you know an assault charge would get you in terms of it's jail time well i'm That's, not saying he should no. be in jail yeah um i don't think he should be in jail but i think that this mars what the academy awards is supposed to be this mm. is supposed to be about artists doing their best to create art expulsion from the academy and the membership it's a it's career killer do you think his career should be just gone? He doesn't need the Academy Awards anymore. He's won an Oscar. Yeah. With an He's got it. Hmm? With an asterisk. Yeah, with an asterisk. <laughs> but I, th- I don't think he'll lose it now. No, yeah, I don't think yeah. he'll lose it. I think that... So you think he should be like, quote unquote, cancelled? I mean, I think the Academy or, and Awards... And it's not because of what I feel. It's more about what I think is the right path for what the academy should do because they're at the end of the day they're an institution they have guidelines if you don't they're public organization yeah yeah but if you don't follow through with those guidelines your guidelines then become watery they become gray they lose their meaning they lose their impact yeah but i mean you're talking in terms of no punishment like and then you're, you're saying no punishment or complete expulsion Rather but than I don't think some com- middle ground in there. I don't think complete expulsion is that bad because he's won his Oscar, yeah, and he can still act. But no it's one's just... going to want him in it. But uh, is anyone going to want him now? Is my my question? Do you think people want him now? I just I I'm a person of, that believes in second chances, and you know if you know I I, th- I think he can you know he said in his like you know his apology his statement that he's a work in progress, and I really respect that statement. Mm. Um. He's acknowledged that, you know, he's dealing with stuff and he mm. can have these kind of, these emotions and these outbursts and he's working on it. So I, I think we should give him a chance. But, you know, if, say, you know, you run with my idea of three to five years suspension, does anything again, I'm on your side. Right. Yeah. Um, On the whole topic of the apology what are your guys thoughts on it i mean you've just said mm. you you think it's a good apology or you think that you know you agree with kind of what he said where he says that um you know he's a work in progress do you think that that's a good apology um i just use it as, as an example now but my thoughts on the apology is kind of like I, I barely take these things at face value because it, it's obviously going to be quality checked by, you know, publicists and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Before like being, PR thing. Yeah, totally. before, before being released. I don't even know if he even wrote the thing. Yeah. Um, but on the assumption that he did, I liked it. Um, but there is some, you know, uh, some, that, some stuff that's not genuine in it. And it's, you know, he's talking about how his feelings, if you, um, the joke about my wife and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, you laughed. Yeah, that's true. You laughed when you made the joke. You didn't like it when you saw, you know, your wife's reaction to it. You know? <laughs> like, if you want to go and slap, slap the person that, that slept with your wife, man. Come on. Like, <laughs> they have a reaction to actual, like, real life things that are directly affecting, you know, her and your marriage and all this stuff. Like, this was something to just not 
do whatever you did about it. Um, but you made a statement and you had to make a statement. And if it's genuine and if you're saying you're a work in progress, I respect that. Mm. Pretty much the same as James. At least he apologized. At the end yeah. of the day, if he didn't apologize, then it'll make him more like a little scum. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. E- yeah. E- even if it is does seem like a PR sort of apology. I mean, yeah. I mean, did you see any, did you see the videos of him like just, you know, having a great time at the... Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the Vanity... Yeah, um, the after, after party. party. Yeah, yeah, variety after party or something. I, I guess it was just more him trying to enjoy his award. His moment, I guess, as he says. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, his and... moment, I guess, like... You you can you can hear you can see his perspective like his mindset mm. wh- the way he's talking you can almost imagine the mindset he's in yeah um but I guess my follow up to this is you know people have come out endorsing his actions but then people have also come out saying he was wrong to do what he did. And I think the most interesting one to come out there saying he was wrong was Richard Williams. He says, come out and he said, okay, he didn't say he was wrong specifically, but he said he does not condone hitting someone. Mm. And it's it's almost a, a kind of poetic sort of thing because, you know, Smith went up on stage and he used Richard Williams as a example yeah. of protecting family and doing this for family and stuff like that Mm. Um, meanwhile richard williams has now come out and said or rather through his son he said Mm. um i don't condone hitting people i don't think that's the response yeah what does that say about what will will smith was coming from you know you have the guy that he's using as an example for explaining his actions saying Mm. no that's not right yeah well um, it just demonstrates how bullshit his apology was when he won the best actor. Yeah. I mean, you can't just say I'm a vessel for love. I will protect my family and, you know, art imitates life. And, you know, I, what well, I reflected the character that I portrayed that I won this award for. Like we all can see, th- we could all see through that speech on how he was applying it to what just happened 15 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Richard Williams to be like, yeah, no, I don't condone that. Um, is kind of like, okay, yeah, you can't really use this person as a as a justification for your actions and be like, oh, I was in character or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was just, yeah. Um, he clearly doesn't know uh, Richard Williams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess if he came with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've read I've read a lot of flaky things around Richard Williams as a person. Um, mm. you know, the, the characters that are being portrayed in a lot of films and a lot of biopics, they're complicated people like everyone is. Yeah. You know, everyone has faults. Everyone has problems. Mm. But, um, you know, there's a, a particularly lot of problems around Richard Williams legacy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they're true. I'm not sure if they're false. Um, but he is clearly a complicated person mm. that you can't define down to good or bad. Yeah. As a man. Yeah. And, you know, him coming out and saying that, I don't really know what it says about him and what it says about Will. I think you're right, Nan. I don't I don't know if he really knows Richard Williams mm. well enough. Yeah. Either that or his PR person told him, use this, use this angle, use this angle to, you know, 
explain mm. your situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the whole Richard Williams sort of, sort of saga is gone. It's been gone for years now. He hasn't really been the guy, at least that what we, you know, see in King Richard and stuff like that. He mm-hmm. grew up in a really rough place. Um, a lot of family stuff going on. So, uh, like, the whole legacy of Richard Williams it was, you know, kind of through sort of where he grew up and sort of adapting to that kind of environment and the people and the community and all that kind of stuff. Um, and And you'll find who he was at that period of time is completely different to who he is now. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah I mean, you're probably right. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of these people change so over I th- time. I think he would have grown and I think he's at a point where he will Older say, yeah, I think he'll just say, I don't condone violence now and I think he'll mean it at this point in time of his life. Yeah, I mean, everyone's... How old different- is he now? Like- yeah, he's probably in his 60s or 70s at least. Yeah, probably, so- yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's 80. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's definitely oh, wow. not at a point where, yeah, he should have had him kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Smith is 53, you know. Yeah. Um, he's 53 years old. Everyone's growing, mm. but you're 53 years old. That was the, now, was the, now, I think, is the time that, you know, you don't go up on stage and hit someone. You start to mature. Yeah, you, you probably should have matured a while back. I, but I get it. Ago, Everyone yeah. has different life experiences. Yeah. Everyone grows at their own pace but yeah you know i think there was a fairly universal feeling going around that it's like that was not the right move yeah i think everyone's feeling that that's why the academy needs to do something about it yes instead of sort of letting letting it sit i don't i don't think it'll slide because people aren't going to forget this for a while Mm. yeah something has to be done yeah something has to be done Mm. um on top of that um, a lot of people have come up in agreement with it. Tiffany Haddish, Mickey Minaj, <laughs> um, you know, lots of individuals have sort of spoken up and saying this was right. What he did was, you know, justified because he was defending his wife and he was defending her medical condition. And, you know, perhaps Will Smith saw her and he saw that she felt offended and distressed by it and hurt by it mm. and he did what he thought was right he went up there and he defended his wife but then there's a lot of people saying you know violence is never the answer and in fact will smith on an interview with a hollywood reporter has said so himself he said um i i don't i did not select the role of django with quentin tarantino because i don't believe vengeance is the right approach i think love is he's a vessel for it for sure (laughs) he's a vessel yeah i mean he's a vessel for bullshit yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i mean like if you want the actions of these massive media people to be reflective and or sort of role models for kids um and whatever Will Smith did, if you want that to reflect on society, you're supporting it by agreeing with what he did. And, you know, you, Nicki Minaj, watch any one of her music videos. Do you want kids to role model that kind of behavior? Mm. And no, you don't. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Nicki Minaj. I don't care if you agree with him because, <laughs> like, I, you're not really the role model type with the the perfect moral compass. Um yeah, I, I I don't I don't care what anyone says about. You know, I agree with him, and 
you know, protecting family. There's a hundred different ways where you can protect your family in that same situation. He could have easily just stood up and just yelled what he said to Chris Rock instead of walking over. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to hit him. Uh, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't even need to swear at him. He can just be like, yo, come on. Or And then, like, in the commercial break, just go up to him and be like, dude, you, you went a little bit too far. You know, my wife's really upset. This is this is not the way. Yeah. Yeah, there's a hundred different ways to deal yeah. with it, and you can yeah. get the same result. And, at varying levels without yeah, hitting and, him. And I'm sure him. Chris Rock, as a comedian, you know, they're, they're trying to find their ceilings, their barriers, the edge of where they can push the comedy. And I think he'd be like, oh. Because apparently he didn't even know about the medical condition. So yeah. he he would have been like, oh wow, dude, I don't know that. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. yeah, just just forgive me. I wouldn't ever bring it up again. I think he'd be respectful about it. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's probably why he also like held himself back. Yeah, because he said I could, and then he just stopped. He's like, nah. Imagine if you walked to Will Smith and just like slapped him <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> All right, we'll be moving on to the coverage of the box office. Top five of the weekend are as follows. The Lost City at $30 million. The Batman at $20 million. RRR at $9.5 million. Uncharted at $5 million. And Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, at $4.5 million. What are your thoughts on this box office reveal? Well, at least Batman had like a good three weeks at the top, right? <laughs> I mean, mind you, if the reviews surrounding The Lost City was pretty positive, so and it has like Channing Tatum, who's a popular actor, and Sandra Bullock, who's also a popular actress, so I'm not that surprised as to why it's done so well in its um in its first week. Um, but whether we'll hold that and do something similar to what Spider Man did when I can't remember what came out that dethroned, I think it might have been Jackass or charted could be completely wrong but i know that mm. there was a week where spider-man went down to second then the week after that then we straight up to the went back to number one this is clearly going to be the same situation i feel yeah oh that's an interesting take there i don't i don't know um i mean lost city has some favorable reviews i think it's like it's in the 70 to 80 mark right now um so i, I don't feel like it's gonna have a steep drop off but, you know, Batman, Batman's holding solid. I think that's pretty good. It's yeah. quite positive. It's around, what, 670 or so worldwide. I hope I can push to that 800 mark. I think that'll be a really great achievement. Obviously, I want Batman vs. Superman Me too. to be <laughs> mm-hmm. destroyed by the Batman, of course. But I think Lost City making 30 million. That's great. That's yeah, really I think good. It's, it's positive for that film. Yeah, I, I completely forgot the movie comes out myself. Mm-hmm. And for a movie to make 30 million opening weekend, I think that's really positive um you know the the story here um for the box office is spider-man no way home making 800 million in the mm-hmm. united states the third movie in history to do that Avengers in game the the build-up of 10 years of storytelling coming down to the final film made 830 and spider-man just makes 800 bloody so we're still we're still <laughs> yeah. on spider-man no way home are we oh even after all it these has weeks. to be the last milestone <laughs> it has to be but uh, it's not because there's something else Right, so Spider-Man No Way Home also made $40 million on Video On Demand. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it actually earned more than than whatever whatever categories are here of the top five. So in many ways, Spider-Man is in the background still winning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just an absolute monster. It's it's huge. I just and no one pandemic as well. Yeah, I mean everyone expected massive things from this movie, especially you know as we get through the pandemic. But nothing like this. This is crazy. And if you're Sony right now, you know 
You're licking your chops. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and you're calling Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and saying... And Jared Leto. No. Um, <laughs> you're, you're calling those two and be like, hey, I'll give you a check. Just write the figure on it and just sign on to this much movies. Write whatever you want. We'll give you whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> like, yeah. The future is bright for Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Batman, of course, man. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah. And Dune, kind <laughs> all right that does it does it for the box office results of today we'll be back with you next week when we go over the leaderboards how the leaderboard stacks up okay boys that's it for today on the let's be real podcast i'd like to thank james and nan for joining me cheers lads thank you cheers. Good, man. good to be here and thank you the viewer so much for listening wherever you may be from you can find our podcast on all of the major platforms from spotify Apple Podcasts, and much more. If you have any questions or interesting news you'd like to share, fire us a DM over on Instagram. Perhaps we'll cover it. For box office, award seasons, and early access film reviews, head over to our website. Farewell, everyone, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.